0: Hello and welcome to the Lauren Wilde podcast. Do you ever wonder if there's more to life than just going through the motions? Do you ever feel like you need to make a change but not sure where to start? If so, then be sure to listen for guidance on how to start the process of transforming your life one small step at a time. I am your host, Lauren Wilde, and welcome to my show. I'm a wellbeing psychologist, a trauma-informed hypnotherapist and coach with 20 years of experience in the field. This podcast is going to focus on how people can move from that feeling of languishing into fully flourishing. We will be diving deep into the science of well-being through positive psychology research combined with a holistic approach to full mind-body wellness. Although I specialise in working with people who are highly sensitive, introverted, empathic or creative, these shows will include information that will be useful for everyone who wants to start living a thriving life. If you want to find out more about the work I do or connect with me, please find and follow me on Instagram at Lauren Wild Wellbeing or on my website laurenwild.co.uk. I look forward to hearing from you and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to my introductory session of the Lauren Wild podcast. I thought I'd just record a bit of background information about me for anybody that's new to the podcast and just to welcome you to the show. I really thank you for being here. Uh, so a little bit about my background and how I came to be doing this podcast. I have worked from the comfort and safety of my comfort zone behind four walls for the last 20 years. And I am just realizing that in this new world of social media, I really need to step out of that comfort zone and um, get my voice heard and um, and really make myself known online. So. You can join me on my little journey outside of my comfort zone. I'm sure there are many here today that will be feeling that with me and others who won't have a clue about that. And that's fine. All are welcome here. So I am a wellbeing psychologist. I have um, in the last year gained my masters in positive psychology and coaching psychology with the university of East London with distinction. And um, what that means is I study how people flourish, how people go from languishing, but not in mental ill health, but in technically the the side of mental health, but they're just not living their best life, they're not flourishing, they're kind of just going through the motions. And um, I would call it just surviving, they're not really thriving in life. So I take people from that survival state into thriving states. Um, And that is really the tip of the iceberg um, of what I do. It's in a nutshell. And um, it's something, it's a recurring theme that has been with me in the last 20 years of being a therapist. So um, I thought I'd just let you know about, about how I came to get started on my therapy. And, um, and my career path, just for anybody that's a bit interested. Um, I started out very young. I went into speech and language therapy and got my degree in human communication um, and qualified when I was 20. Um, bit of an overachiever, people pleaser from an early age. Um, and I am definitely an introvert and highly sensitive, Uh, very creative person and um, highly empathic. And um, I don't just mean I'm good at putting myself in other people's shoes. I would literally well up if there's somebody in the room that is upset. And obviously that can be a little bit of a difficult situation when you are not working with other people who understand that. So I have realised over 20 years of being a therapist, going from that that phase of starting out in therapy where you say yes to everybody because you're just so pleased that someone's willing to come and, and pay for your services and really realising that the people that I am meant to work with, that I'm called to work with, get that, they are like me um, or, or want to find out more about living an aligned life, um, really stepping into being alright with empathy and high sensitivity and, and really feeling validated into introversion so as an introvert you can imagine how utterly mind-blowing it is for me to have to put myself out on social media these days to get clients um that are more aligned and in tuned with my values um so yes i qualified as a speech and language therapist and um, but i was always drawn to the psychological side of things um i felt very out of my depths i don't mind saying um i could work fine with the children i was a child's community therapist felt fine working one on one with parents fine working with my colleagues um and then i had to do things like phone up schools or go and run meetings or run trainings and that completely left me shell shocked almost <laughs> um completely out of my depths and drained and it wasn't sustainable. Um, I, I'd had 20 years or so of terrible insomnia. Um, and nothing seemed to help. I never really wanted to go on any medication because I felt that that was, that was a last resort. So I went for some hypnotherapy. I'd heard great things that this could really help people uh, with getting to sleep. It was always the dropping off to sleep that I struggled with. And I had this absolutely life-changing one session of hypnotherapy. And I'm not saying that hypnotherapy is a, a one-time fix thing. Um, it's one reason why I've diversified from my own hypnotherapy is I feel that people are always after that quick fix these days. And actually, it's usually a process that people have to go through. But I have to say, it worked to treat this one session that I had on um, on insomnia. I figured that I was more emotional and more drained and more affected by things when I wasn't sleeping well. So if I could just sort that, that everything else would fall into place. And it worked to a point. I was certainly a better version of myself when I could sleep. However, I needed to really deal with the fact that I wasn't in a job that really sparked joy. Um, It didn't really light light me up. I was spending a lot of time doing admin and not a lot of time doing the therapy. And I felt like I was dealing a lot with the the symptoms of deeper inherent issues, um, family dynamics, and things like that. And I wasn't trained to deal with that, and nor would it have been right for me to bring that into my speech therapy sessions. So I decided to retrain as a hypnotherapist. It was a really Big point in my life because I'd had this real science background. All the people in my family were very much business people. I was really the only creative person, and um, I had this really sensible job that would have employed me for the rest of my time in NHS. I would have, you know, there's always, they're always crying out for a speech therapists, and it's a great job. It just it just wasn't for me and I'm a great believer that if something's broken you should fix it or if um, if you want something to change you should go and change it, you shouldn't just keep doing it and expect a different outcome. It's a quote said by many people, if you keep doing what you're doing you keep getting what you're getting. There's many people and many different variants of that but I'm a, I'm a great believer in, in change. And so I retrained as a hypnotherapist while still working as a speech therapist. And it just was life-changing. It was amazing. It was suddenly so evident that I was being drawn towards finding my meaning and purpose in life, which was helping people deal with things on um, a more um, unconscious level. Uh, I still really shied away from everything hypnosis adjacent that was maybe what people describe as being more woo-woo. Not sure I'm a fan of that term, but you know, more um, esoteric and um, non-science-backed. So I really dive deep into the er science-backed arena of hypnotherapy. Um, So I worked a lot with IBS and insomnia and fertility and um, those areas which have actually had money ploughed into the scientific research to back it up. And, and it was great! And I've worked as a hypnotherapist ever since, however as I say I kind of veered in different directions along that path. Um, so originally I was a very much a generalist hypnotherapist, I did do my NLP practitioner qualification. So um, I branched out, um, I left speech therapy once my hypnotherapy business took off, and travelled around Europe seeing people um, in person and online, and then specialised in helping people with their fertility journey, so whether that was um, primary or secondary infertility, um, working through birth trauma, pre or postnatal depression, perinatal wellbeing, um, and hypnosis for childbirth. And it was fantastic. And I loved it. And I still see clients to this day. In fact, I've got a client coming soon who I worked with, I think 13, 14 years ago, um, to help, um, get pregnant after this secondary infertility and they're coming back with their surprise baby uh, pregnancy um, in a few weeks time so that's amazing that's just wonderful and lights up my soul and I love the thought that there are some babies out there that maybe wouldn't have been in the world had I not worked with their parents and that, that brings me great joy so and then I had my own children and it was really validating because I'd grown up my whole life being told you'll never be able to have kids without lots of pain relief, lots of epidural (laughs) injections um, because I'm too sensitive, I I feel pain too much, I feel everything too much. And I was convinced that actually having seen the power of hypnosis that I could overcome that, that it was um, a lot to do with mindset and I can handle my heart, say, two babies later... I have had two babies with no pain relief and I'm not saying it wasn't painful it was definitely not pain-free but it was manageable and not shouting and screaming like on the the films that you see and I didn't have particularly easy births one was um my son was facing my spine and um got stuck in the birth canal and you know needed some extra um help to just get him out in terms of um moving around, and I had about a five-day labour with him, so, you know, I'm certainly not one of these women that just sneezes and out pops a baby, (laughs) if only, and, you know, so I, so it was really validating to just be able to go, right, okay, this, this really, really works, and actually to have my husband see the difference, and see the, the, how it could be uh, using hypnosis was was a great validation of, of me leaving speech therapy and going into this realm. So that was one aspect of my life I was doing that for a long time and then of course I had my kids and as with all things sometimes these uh, paths that we're on get slightly turned askew when we become parents and um and as much as I still like working with my pregnant women or women going through IVF, um, I felt like I felt like I needed to just add a few tools to my toolbox and new strings to my bow. And also, don't know if there's any other parents out there that can really relate to this, but um, I mostly contribute my survival to those early years to a vast amount of coffee and caffeine and and. Um, and I endured many years of sleep deprivation. <laughs> Turns out my my kids also struggle with sleeping. Well, they did. And um, so I decided to go back to university and do my master's. <laughs> and maybe in hindsight, my timing could have been a little bit better because I started about four months before we went into lockdown. And so have got my master's. Whilst in lockdown, whilst homeschooling, I did this um, masters because I love working with people to help them really live their best life. And when I was searching for masters to do, I I was just really drawn to positive psychology. And one thing that really kind of stuck with me was that it's not positiveology, it's not happyology, it is not. Let's paper over this dark thing and make sure we're just focusing on the positive, and that will make everything better. It's truly not that, and I'm going to do a whole podcast on what positive psychology is and definitely is not, um, and go into toxic positivity and all of those realms um, in a bit more detail. So I won't I won't dwell on that here, but it was one thing that really was like, okay, no, so so we really are talking about making long-lasting changes that can take people from just coasting through life, really. And that's kind of how I felt I was. I felt like I was doing all right, but I wasn't thriving. I wasn't living a life aligned with my core values and beliefs at the time. You know, I felt like I, I really enjoyed my fertility and birth work and perinatal well-being, but I also felt like I was moving on with my part of my life and I was still kind of stuck in kind of baby-related land, and 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 I wanted to help people who were maybe past that point as well. As part of my um, degree, uh, part of my thesis, I had to come up with a study, and at the time, I'd been noticing a lot of um, similarities between struggles I had as a child and the ones that my kids were going through. And I don't want to really talk about their story too much here. But um, needless to say that um, lockdowns and um, withdrawing from social society had very different impacts on my two children who are chalk and cheese. And yet both show signs of being highly sensitive in, in very different arenas. It brought me back to high sensitivity again, which I had discovered a long time ago. It really made me think, well, I think there are a lot of people who are highly sensitive who are not flourishing. So what is it that allows some highly sensitive people to flourish so well and do so well in life? And so I did my research on on highly sensitive, flourishing people. And I'm going to do a whole series on how to flourish with high sensitivity and individualized paths to flourishing. Um, So I won't go into my findings here, needless to say I have put into practice a lot of the findings that um, I came across and I want to share those findings with you and the world. Um, I'm currently writing a book about the findings and what it has led me to is that we need to not only find out about what we can do to help our well-being but we need to carve out an individualized path. We need to find our unique reasons for being. We need to personalize that journey and enjoy the journey and get away from this goal-oriented, goal-focused mindset of I'll be happy when or as soon as I get this I'll be doing great. And instead we need to take daily tiny steps like small bite-sized changes that can lead to positive upward spirals I call them there's you know I'm not the first to use that term it's just I think it's the perfect um, metaphor that sometimes people get into these downward spirals and actually what we need to do is is those those downward spirals are insidious they're tiny small negative changes that lead to catastrophic events or, or mental ill health and what we need to do is is reverse that by taking tiny positive steps and um, so that's what this podcast is about is about taking all of that scientific information that's out there let me be the geek that goes and reads it and, and spends her time on google scholar and pubmed and and let me turn it into actionable bite-sized chunks for you so that you can listen and go oh yeah you know maybe that one tiny thing I can do, I can start doing that. I can take that and incorporate that into my life starting today. And hopefully I can I can be there on the journey with you and we can enjoy this journey into a thriving life together. So hopefully that's given you a bit of information about me. Like I said, I'm I'm not one for putting myself in one box. I am a wellbeing psychologist. I'm also a hypnotherapist. I'm also a trauma informed therapist. I also do coaching. I like to add and add to my box and fine tune it and individualize it for me and for my clients. I'm going to be rolling out online content in the form of online courses at some point in the future, if not already, depends on when you're listening to this. I just want to get the message out there that there's a lot of people Who are very much saying you need to be getting up and being part of the 5am club, you need to be journaling every day, you need to be taking massive daily action to achieve your goals and what I'm saying is that's not entirely necessary and it's certainly not achievable for many people but it's also not right for many people and it's about finding what works for you, trying it out, be scientist again try things out for a good enough length of time see if it works if it doesn't try something new until you create a whole well-being practice that completely speaks to your truth is aligned with your values that supports your strengths and is is something that is long-term sustainable so i invite you to listen to my other podcasts and hopefully there's something for everyone there, or there will be eventually. I'll be uh, posting once a week. Find me on Instagram at Lauren Wild Wellbeing, and I will um, direct you to when they are going to be coming out. Um, I always do a story to let everybody know when they're going live. Watch the space. It's going to be exciting. I'm glad to have you here on this journey, and. Please, if you like my podcast, leave me a review. I really appreciate it and um, I look forward to connecting with you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Lauren Wild podcast. I hope you found it enjoyable. I really appreciate you spending this session with me. I know your time will be precious, so thank you for prioritising your well-being today, if only for this brief burst of time. If you want to connect with me, please head over to Instagram and find me at laurenwildwellbeing, or head to my website laurenwild.co.uk. I hope you find new ways to flourish starting today.